welcome to another episode of PR Girl Rant. On this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Thisha Shabazz. After college, Thisha moved to New York to work at NBC as part of the PAGE program. While at NBC, she also freelanced for online shows as a correspondent and producer. She was living her best life until, bam, she was fired. Now out of work, she had to think what was next. And then the Shabazz brand was born. In 2016, she started her media company called Shabazz Communications, which now has been rebranded as the Shabazz Team. She also has parlayed her skills into developing her coaching services under the Hey Thesha platform, where she teaches and coaches artists, creatives, and millennials about branding, marketing, digital marketing, and how to use their voice. It was such a great time chatting with Disha. We've worked together on several events and projects over the years. We've both been so busy that we haven't had a chance to chat. Here are two gals just chatting it up. Take a listen. Good afternoon, Miss Disha. How are you? I'm good, Michelle Pascal. How are you? This has been a journey to get you, but I am so happy and thrilled to get you on this fabulous day. I am so happy to be here. You know, you are my homie, Michelle. We go way, way back. Love you much. Yeah, so I'm, just happy. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much. So talk to me. How are you doing? How is it going? You know, I am good. Um, I can't front. Like everyone knows COVID is what it is. It's challenging. Um, but I told a good sister friend of mine the other day, what's really been grounding me is to just think of the positives. I know it's hard to do that every day. But it really has just been keeping me like, um, I'm like, you know, I have my health, I'm safe, you know, I have food, water, I have my needs. So um, COVID is stressful and we all know that. But I just keep thinking about the things that I do have, you know, with family, you're with family, like that's more valuable than anything. So uh, I've really just been trying to not try. I've been being grateful in this time. Uh, so I'm good, and I don't watch the news. <laughs> oh, that's good. No. So give me okay. a little background on Thesha and her journey. So I have always been really curious about communication. Uh, a psychic once told me the T in my name means something about communication or how you relate. But I literally just love media, television, um, the whole kind of media marketing industry from a young, young person. Uh, I was voted most talkative in high school. I was talking when they called my name. <laughs> I, uh, in high school, I wrote for my local paper in Virginia. I'm from Chesapeake, Virginia. They had a team paper in the paper of the Virginian Pilot. Uh, I volunteered at a television station when I was really young. Uh, so before I went to college, I was in the media field. And I thought I wanted to be an on-air journalist. And uh, I moved to New York. I worked at NBC and I met, actually, that's how I met you, um, uh, Michelle, but I worked for a company called you know, L. Elaine Media and, you know, where they did media relations, marketing and event production. And that's where I was like, whoa, I kind of like this behind the scenes thing as well. Uh, and then I just start doing that. And honestly, I was fired. I tell this story all the time because it was one of the best things that happened to me. Uh, I was fired from a job. I was working at a magazine. Uh, and the, the entire time, let me just say this too, I've always dibbled and dabbled. So if I had a nine to five at a magazine, I was freelancing at an online show. I've been a hustler. If I was working, uh, 
you know, in NBC, I was volunteering at an event at an event on the weekend. Like I always just was really interested in learning about all aspects of media. Um, but I had a job in the magazine field. I really didn't get a lot of my boss. We were, I was fired. And I actually called you. You were very helpful in that chance. And you said, you know, you've been kind of doing this on the side. You could just make it your, your business. Uh, so I was given another part-time job with another wonderful uh, Black-owned, woman-owned agency called Aquila Work Song. Mm-hmm. So I worked for them part-time and I started um, managing clients on the side. And that was uh, almost 15 years ago. Wow. And my journey has just grown ever since then. So just a person who's always been in media and who's had, like everyone, a lot of rough times and then a lot of victories. And I just really have learned from all of those experiences. And every single client, the work I do with them, it goes into the next project and the next client. Right, right. Yeah, you and I met, um, oh, I don't remember what year it was, but we bonded really quickly. And just yep. by speaking with you, just our train ride to, um, where were we going? Philly, Baltimore? Philly, that yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we bonded really quickly. And I knew you were a go-getter, but you just had a tenacity about you. You asked a lot of questions. And I was just like, okay, this girl can talk. my personality was not that but it's like when I'm when I talk to other people that are I'm intrigued I'm like okay you know I feel the energy and then I begin to open up and talk so I think we bonded really quickly and you've always been someone that has given advice or has given me you know things to think about when I'm like okay maybe I should look into this or that so I really appreciate our friendship on that note and you know Senior growth as well, so I commend you. Oh, thanks, Michelle. Uh, that trip, we should tell them about that trip too, Michelle. We went to Philadelphia to work, and we did work. We killed it. <laughs> uh, it was the Outside Hair Festival. But that that Saturday night, you know, you're preparing for the event on Sunday. Michelle somehow sees somebody she knows because she knows mad people, and we get backstage to a Rock Him concert. How does that even happen? That's uh, crazy. Just, it's crazy. That that was the first weekend we met each other. Yeah, this was not like the eighties, y'all. This was like present day. Rakim was doing like the old school concert. But and, it was uh, like Rakim, um, but boot camp. Boot yeah. It was just like the the nineties, um, you know, early two thousands rap groups that we loved and grew up on. And it was just amazing. And again, we just bonded. And I don't know. I guess it was through music. Is always something that bonds people and heals people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so that's a very good point, Michelle. Yeah, it was music. And we had a ball that night. And we've been rooming, roommating ever since. <laughs> People make stateside and international, right? Exactly. We roommated in uh, every... We've gone everywhere together. Okay, that is true. Yeah, yeah. So when you were growing up, was there the side... I know you said that you were, you know, communication was key and you always had, you know, something about television and all that. But when you were growing up as a young, you know, tot, was there something else you wanted to be? Because you're a big personality. How big were your dreams? You know what's funny? Um, we, you and I, Michelle and I just kind of had like a back kind of conversation before uh, we came on the show. And my dream literally was what you just called me, Michelle, was Oprah. I wanted to be Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted a show, which still might happen. Uh, but <laughs> I wanted to be uh, on air. I just literally, I watched Oprah probably when I wasn't even her demographic. So I was watching the Oprah Winfrey show. I'm talking about like middle school, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought, I just thought she was amazing. 
Um, she was beautiful. She was confident. She was vulnerable. She shared a lot about herself, which I always identified with um, because it was a part of like her story and how she got to where she is. Uh, she would ask such great questions. And then there was a level about her, and I think this still holds true about Oprah. I mean, you know, we know Oprah, like the money and everything, but she seems really like, hey, girl, hey. It was never like, I'm a celebrity. Like, it was very, very authentic. So my dream was to be Oprah Winfrey, to have my own show. And I've done a lot of on-air things as well. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I was when I moved to New York. And then I got behind the scenes, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is cool. I love uh, this part of the, the business as well. But my dreams was literally to be the Thesha show, just like the Oprah <laughs> <Lisa> show. <laughs> and it's truly, Thesha, you are a show in a good way. <laughs> big laugh, animated, but it's all love and all just comes, comes from a place of like entertainment, but also information. Uh-huh. And you know so much. I think that was another thing that drew me into you because I had never met someone so opinionated and so... Um, well informed about information and you know and it was just great to have those kind of conversations when we would come back to the room after our events or whatever it was just like not just talking about the fluffy stuff but just talking about real life stuff or just kind of taking down that wall and just having those real thought out questions about what we want to do I mean at one point we were like oh we're gonna start a blog (laughs) yeah 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 I remember that but you know what's funny about that when you say that thank you you're just paying me compliments I appreciate that I really do Uh, Thank you for those kind words. But honestly, you know what's so true about being able to talk about information? I super duper love like learning and I love knowledge. That's why I think I really loved Oprah growing up. Like Oprah, it wasn't like a really, you know, surface kind of talk show. This one talk shows are big. Like you had the Ricky Lakes on TV and everybody, but she was so smart as well. Like, I mean, she would have like, you know, an ambassador on the show and then she would also have like Prince. So I think that, um, talking about media and information, I really do love learning. I love telling a story. I love learning about a story because the way I grew up, I I learned a lot from television, from 2020, from the History Channel. Like I learned a lot from this um, media form uh, or all media, I should say. So I I love information in that that regard. Yeah. So what Mm -hmm. was that that drew you into a career in PR? Because that's how we sort of met. You know, we were uh-huh. doing PR at the, well, I was doing PR and you were just coming from NBC, working at Noelle Lane. Uh-huh. Was it that that drew you into PR? And be, it was. It was, it was the story that you could tell. Like, literally, it was that someone had an amazing story and my responsibility would be to funnel that information and turn it into something that would be really interesting for people to consume, right? That was really attracted to me and I think that I I'm kind of a boss boss like I'm a little bossy and I like the organization of it too I like you know making a, a yeah, document she's very that organized she yeah, organizes love she loves highlighters she organizes pens and don't give her a new notebook because you know I love a new notebook I love a new notebook <laughs> very organized um, and detailed yeah so it was it was a, it was like oh wow I like telling a story I like uh, being the middleman between the clients and the media, and I'm organized, so I can organize a press uh, tour. I can organize, you know, flights and interviews of the day. I can organize the questions they should ask, or uh, I, sh- you know, the suggested questions I can give to a journalist. So I, I kind of fell into it 
when I saw Renee, you know, our dear Renee, our mentor, Renee Warren, mm -hmm. I saw Renee do this and I just was really intrigued at all the details of it. And really, I mean, anybody who knows publicity, the publicist does so much, right? I mean, all these pieces that fall into it. So I kind of, I really, I, when I, when I found that career, I was like, whoa, this is cool. I like this. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And when did you decide to, you know, after working at, you know, all the jobs you had and then deciding, you know what, I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to start a business. And, you know, when was the brand or the company born? Well, ironically, when I was fired, I already kind of was doing PR on the side. Like if you're in New York or DC or Atlanta, or I think anywhere in the country now, you know, folks have side hustles. People need to pay them. So kind of when um side clients you know over the long when I was I was like oh snap I have to pay my bills what am I going to do and the funny thing is my father's an entrepreneur he's been an entrepreneur my entire life uh so I always kind of aspired to own my own business like him but I thought it would be like down the line when I'm you know after I've worked here for so and so and life you know throws you a curveball it's like oh no you're going to do this now in your early 20s and it just kind of, um, it kind of happened. And I was so, so fortunate. I still am because I have great mentors, Renee Warren, April Silver of Aquila Org Songs. And so I was able to watch them. So I would work on a project with them, watch them. And then I had smaller clients on my side and I could execute these ideas right into them. So it was, I mean, I was like getting paid as a student and then I could transfer that information you know if you're going to med school and you're still working in the hospital too I literally would like learn so much from doing a project with them and I could immediately take it to my clients which who, who at the time were really small cultural institutions or independent artists and they were like over the moon because they never had that uh, level of professionalism or mm -hmm. organization or strategy so um it really just kind of happened uh, very organically. But when I was fired, and I, I talk about being fired a lot because I truly believe, and I always want to encourage people who are in their 20s and if they are let go from a job, that from that situation, something was birthed. So it was the life after death. It was something really big um, that happened in the transformation that I don't know if it would have happened had that situation that I thought was bad at the time didn't happen. Right. And you're known for, I would say, doing a lot of um, community African-American based projects. Mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm. you up to that niche where you're really well versed in, um, but you service that type of client. What made you decide to go into that niche? You know, what made me decide to go in that niche, which is something that I think is really important for practitioners, I love that. So I love arts and culture. Like, I love it. Um, I love African-American history. I love um, Black culture. Like, I am here for the culture. So to be a usher of the culture, right, a producer of the culture, and translate that into an audience member or the media, I really just jumped at that opportunity. And it just kind of happened by chance. You know, one cultural institution would sell another and another, and someone would introduce me. And it kind of grew from that, and that began to be my uh, niche to the point that, you know, I've, I've worked for a lot of uh, different agencies, freelance or subcontracts, and they would say, Tisha, can we use your blacklist? Because I had just <laughs> such a great contact uh, nationwide of black um, media. And I was very proud of that. And, and I, you know, I just want to highlight that. I think sometimes people want to go to another audience. I always was super, I still am. I'm mm -hmm. super grateful. And I, I don't take that lightly that I 
you know, I know black culture. I have contacts of black um, media outlets because I think black culture shifts this country. It, it's huge. The black arts and culture. I mean, think about all our music right now. So, and this is, it's been that way for the last, I don't know, a hundred years. So um, it just, it's something I love. And that's how I kind of fell into that uh, specific uh, niche. niche. So at one point you were just solely doing PR and then you switched your focus and to do event production. We had both done event production at Noelle Lane, but mm-hmm. then we decided, I know we had this conversation. I remember telling you, Tisha, I have one foot in and one foot out. I'm over mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. we get to those points in our life when we're over, you know, whatever the career may be, but I'm mm-hmm. still in it. And I know that although your focus is event production, you know, we've done a, a lot of things around the world together. Lots. Also do... Uh, marketing what was the decision to have you blend all your experience and you know that what was that experience like so you know Michelle I've had moments too where I'm like I'm leaving PR I'm walking away I you know I hate this because anyone who knows this and I'm assuming your audience is other practitioners Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of ours Kelly out of Atlanta, she said, PR is a young girl's game. You know, when I was young <laughs> and I was in it, I love to pitch. I would love to get on the phone and call all day. It didn't feel the same after a couple of years. It can be very exhausting. You're getting a lot of no's. Um, you get some yeses and then your client is like, so what? You know, it could be really exhausting. And my father really inspired me to diversify. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you this really funny story. If you ask my dad right now what the C should do, he would say, oh, I don't know, something with some people and then she called somebody and he could not answer it. But my dad is a roofer and a contractor and um, uh, he also does demolition. And I remember when I first started, I was in business maybe a year or two and he was like, you need to do more than one thing. You need to do more than one thing. So that really inspired me. He, he doesn't know exactly what I do, but he does several things. He's known as a wonderful roofer. That's like his expertise but he also does demolition work he also can do contract uh, contract contraction work con- i'm getting a brain freeze here contractor work um so he really inspired me to diversify and you know this michelle we would every year i mean sometimes we would be with Noel and lane four times a year mm-hmm. and we would do these high level events and, and i just want to shout out to Noel and lane like we don't do event production like oh go get that picture of water, which no shade to, you know, all aspects of it, but we are doing high level stressful events, like presidential, yes. <laughs> uh, presidential candidates, literally uh, presidential, presidential candidates, you know, all over the country, um, media from all over the world. And we would literally like, our muscles would be like toned there. We would, we know our stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, if I offer them this service four times a year, really more than that, because it's rep forward and we have all these really intense meetings prior to, I can offer this to my clients. Mm-hmm. And literally it was like a light bulb went off. I'm like, I already have this skill, right? I do this with my eyes closed. Like you, Michelle and I have been backstage. We work so well together because we're a team. We're tr- event production is, is innate to us. Why am I not offering this for my clients? And that's when it really switched. And um, with that, I remember the, the first year I couldn't go with Noah Lane on a particular conference because I had booked my first conference um, right. at the Schomburg Center, which is one of my first clients. It was one of my clients today. It's been one of my longest standing clients. So that's when it kind of shifted for me. And that was probably, let me see, my business is 14 years old. That was probably eight years ago. 
Um, so it shifted with that. And then, you know, I know we'll talk about this a little later in the show, Michelle, I've recently done another shift um, mm-hmm. into digital marketing and, and I'll, you know, tell people more about that. But really, it, it really was like a lot of times as solo entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs with a team of two or three or maybe, you know, if it's just you, you, you do something really well and that's what you're known for. But mm-hmm. I think we're afraid to pivot. Um, we're afraid of the judgment. People can say, oh, you do that now? Yep, I do. <laughs> because I know, honestly, for real, like if you do it well, why wouldn't you offer it as an additional service? And that's what every service that I've added to my business since then, I'm like, I do this well. I know I do it well. My clients are pleased. Um, we're getting great results. So why wouldn't this be another service? Noelle Lane did a multitude of stuff. And that's why I learned, multitude. you know, I don't like the word multitasking, but we did, we, we offered a, a, an array of services. I didn't start out as a publicist. I started out as an event producer, event planner at Noelle Lane. And then later on, you know, she took a chance on me and said, you know what, you can do PR. I was like, I don't know, Renee. She said, no, you can do it. And that's where I got the bug. <laughs> to go off and start my own company and you know build map unlimited and do what i do so sometimes we're afraid to do too many things yeah. for the fear of people going to say well you do you do way too much but at the same mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. we have to diversify we have to especially like you said if we're good at it why not so talking about right. that you decided to rebrand and tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about rebranding now you're the shabazz team which i love and every time i say it i remember that I, I think of the picture we took at HFR event and we're all in black as we always are, but that picture was yes. just so dope. And I'm like, yeah, that that's it. You know, so talk <laughs> about rebranding. So yes, my business for years was called Shabazz Communications and I've just recently this year renamed us. So we're the Shabazz team. And the reason being is just, I mean, literally that's a perfect segue, Michelle, is because Shabazz Communications, when I started this build, my business, 14 years ago in my studio apartment in Harlem, we did artist management, marketing, and media relations. And now we do so much. So communications doesn't even sound right. We're not a, just a communications company. We do so much. Uh, we do event production. We do conference production. We do social media marketing. We do a media relations plan. We can do a um, conference, a tour, a festival. So the team just really put it together. And honestly, the funny thing, you talked about Harlem Fashion Row, HFR as a client, Brandis, uh, the CEO of HFR, she never called it Shabazz Communications. She would say Shabazz or the Shabazz team. Yeah. And then I had another client at the Schomburg that would start to call us that. And I'm like, wait a minute, no one calls us Shabazz Communications. Anyway, we are the Shabazz team. So it came really natural and uh, it felt perfect. And I think I just, I, that's something I'm super duper duper passionate about as entrepreneurs. Like, only we are married to this concept or idea that we have to do this one thing. No, you know, people might say you do a lot. And just, it was funny you said that, Michelle. A friend told me last week, you do a lot. And I was like, thank you. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, not going to be attached to that idea. We do do a lot. I mean, think of a business that you really love and know. They probably do a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I thought the Shabazz team just fit that much better for where I want us to go for the next uh, 10, 20 years. Uh, we're a team. We we offer the, these services, um, but we are a team, and we do it. And not to mention, we come with the staff. So that's what the team aspect means. We work with a bunch of freelancers who are awesome and experienced, and event professionals and media professionals. So that's where the team piece comes from. 
I love it. I really love that. And, um, you know, I'm part of the team for life. So, yep, you sure are. <laughs> and it sounds like you still have the same passion from whence you started, you know, the first go around to now. You feel like you're, you know, you're still passionate about what you do. And sometimes that can falter. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've had your moments. Oh, God. I totally have. You know, I have, uh, I've had plenty of moments um, as a practitioner, but I think that this is really important. I would just tell this to people. You have to listen when you feel like that, right? You have to acknowledge that. And um, I remember I was talking to someone, I was like, I'm going to leave public relations. She was like, you're so good. And I was like, we're not supposed to do everything we're good at. Like, how many people do you know who can like sing so well, but they don't want to be singers? Now, I'm not saying that, like, this is your calling and you're, you're ignoring it. I mean, like, you really don't like it. And sometimes you really don't like it. And I don't feel like that about public relations. I do like it. I still do like it. But I do want to do other things. Mm-hmm. And I like other things just as much or almost, almost more at times. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be honest with yourself about what you are feeling. Um, because I think as entrepreneurs, we think, oh, we just have to do what we have to do to make ends meet. No, you have a choice. The same way you had that choice when you first started this business, you can have a choice now to shift it. And I actually think, you know, it's really timely. I think this is what COVID is maybe making a lot of people think about Mm -hmm. the shifting. The word is the pivot. That's the Mm -hmm. big word. And I Mm -hmm. know you had said that you feel that, you know, as a practitioner, we have to pivot and not kill it. So talk mm-hmm. to me about what you mean about that. So I am a entrepreneur. I'm a publicist. I'm a, but I'm also a creative, right? And we can't deny that. Like, I think what comes out of me, like the arts and culture piece, I'm not an artist myself, but I just love creating ideas. I have other businesses. I have projects I work on. Like, I love creating. And I think that's why I like event planning so much and event production, because you're creating an event. You're creating an experience. Like, I really, I'm passionate about that. So when I say pivot, not kill it, I think a lot of times entrepreneurs have an idea in their head, right? But because of the fear of what other people will say, oh, you're doing too much, you're a jack of all trades, which I hate that terminology. You're not a jack of all trades. Like, but anyway, you're doing too much. They're afraid of that or they're afraid that I do this one thing. I can't do this. They put themselves in a box that no one else has put them in, but they're afraid that they don't pivot. And the thing is you have to pivot, not kill it. If that idea came to you, don't kill it. If that idea has come to you, don't kill it. It's something there. So what, when I say pivot, not kill it, turn towards it, look towards it, think about it, do a little bit of market research in it. And it could be just an additional service you offer. It could be a new uh, venture under your, the umbrella of the business that you have. It could be a service that's just you. If you have a business, this could just be just Michelle who does this. You know, I think that we have to really think about all of these pieces and people don't do that at times they just say i can't do that i do this one thing i'm not going to focus on that no wait a minute look at you michelle this is so dope pr girl rant is the bomb you are a publicist but she was like i'm going to pivot i really want a platform i really love talking to publicists and communicators and and entrepreneurs i'm going to start this podcast you didn't kill that idea you've just pivoted a little bit and you still do what you do you still have clients you still do event production but now you do this as well. Like, I'm a big, I remember when I was a kid, it was the first time I ever saw, um, why is this name going blank right now? Paul Robeson. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, wow, you mean to tell me he was in theater and he was a football player and he was an opera singer and he was a politician. 
Like, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world when I learned about Paul Robeson. And that's kind of, I feel like I get to live like that now with my life because I do a couple of different things. And I put, I always am going to put excellence in the mix. I have a great work ethic. I'm smart. Why can't I do these things? You know, and I think we have to remind ourselves of that. And we forget that we are smarter than we know. We're more capable than we know. We're more powerful than we know. We're more creative than we think. Like it's in you. So yeah, pivot, don't kill it. (laughs) I love it. And definitely you have to, um, you know, take those things into consideration, like get out of your own way. Yes. And explore the options because I know you and I, I probably talked to you ad nauseum about what this podcast will look like. I mean, it was from a podcast to, um, I think it was going to be a documentary. And mm-hmm. then we, you and I talked about a couple of different ideas. You were like, why don't you teach PR? Why don't you do this? I was mm-hmm. like, you know, but we, and what was good about that, it was the ideation. It was like talking it out and not just holding it all in and speaking to myself. Yeah. And that totally helped me kind of narrowed down exactly what this would be it is still you know growing it's still in this infancy stage but I started I got out of my own way and I'm like you know 10 episodes in but I didn't want I was ready to pull you know pull the band-aid off the stitches out and be like I'm done with PR period I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go lay on somebody's beach but I was like (laughs) (laughs) I do love PR I do love the rush of it the adrenaline of it but what was good about, you know, for both of us, we did have other things that we did. So if it's going to be, you know, me switching not to doing day-to-day PR and making this kind of my PR thing while having other clients, but then I know six months out the year, I'm going to do events. That's excellent. And then I can explore it other totally options. Is. You know what I mean? Then I can explore doing yeah. things that I want to do for myself, whether it is the documentary, you know, outside of PR and events, but it allowed me, you know, the option to think bigger and you know just get out of that damn box and you know you said something michelle you were like i was gonna kill it i was gonna do that you went over all of your different how this would look and and just fyi it's still gonna be a documentary hello uh (laughs) but you know you 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 narrowed it down you tried different things and i think i was just talking to my mom about this this am like so many times when people are going through that well can it be this can it be that they just say man i'm just gonna give it out like that's how you make a sculpture that's how you you know chisel away to get the answer and isn't life about like I'm, I'm on my coaching stuff now but isn't life about no really life is about chiseling away you know this is not every day is another day of growing and and releasing some things and adding more clay like you literally can do that to your life so there's nothing wrong with doing that to your business and doing it to um the services that you provide yeah I think people, you know, think about time and about either wasting time or I don't have time or I'm too old or, you know, so I think people put themselves into those categories and they don't move forward. And I know Mm -hmm. I'm stuck in that for a little bit, but I'm just like, you know, I look at other, when you look, when you start really looking back and social media is just like the devil, but when Mm -hmm. you start looking at certain things, you're like, wait a minute, this person is doing, you start measuring yourself up and that's not good either. You know, it's a couple of things. First of all, you, you talked about that age piece, and I want to shout out this book, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big. The Magic of Thinking Big. It's by David Schwartz. Uh, it's a wonderful book. I'm reading it right now, and he talks about age a lot. And he says, you know, age doesn't even exist. Like, telling yourself you're too old or too young is, is just not real. And he gives you the wonderful exercises to how to train your mind not to do that. But secondly, you know, you spoke about, uh, Michelle, looking at social media, social media is the best. 
I believe you like social media can be negative in that way, especially for young, young girls, but also social media is a wonderful vehicle now to collaborate with people mm-hmm. to do different things and to not do that kind of judgment you were just talking about. And we all do it to ourselves. Yeah. Um, but you said something, oh, that's what it was. You said about time, people fear wasting time. You know, I'm big on definitions and I know we'll talk about the loud girl movement in a minute, but the, the loud girl is all about definitions. I'm huge on definitions and what I say about myself. I never think about time wasted or anything like that. I mean, I just told you about my very first client never paid me. I would do it again and again and again. You know why? Because I learned from her. Mm-hmm. What I learned from her was more valuable than any paycheck. What I've learned from every single old client has been just as valuable. It helps my next client. It helps me pivot. So when people say they're afraid of wasting time, it's like the slumdog millionaire philosophy. <laughs> Nothing is going to be in vain. You know, literally. I mean, Michelle, you know this. Like, I'm not going to put all my business on your show, but I have started a ton of businesses. I can think of two right now that just did not go off. But guess what? If I'm an entrepreneur, I've learned things from from those businesses that I put in my business today. So right. it's never in vain. It's never wasting time. I think people have to shift how they look at this thing. It's never in vain. I believe in the slumdog millionaire philosophy. Everything I do is leading up for the greater good. So everything is connected. That's what the movie is all about. Everything's connected. And everything is a moment and I'm teaching lesson. Even if you feel like it in the moment, oh, this sucks. I, I just wasted six months. It's not. And it, it, life will come at you. You'll be like, wow. When you face that same situation in six months, now you have all the tools to get it. I'll tell you this really, really funny story really quickly. I um, was called by this reality show. I was about to say the name. And it's what? Me yeah, I was called by this reality show. And they said, can you send us an entire proposal uh, about how you were going to pitch? I was going to be responsible for organizing the auditions, like, for five, six cities. Mm-hmm. Michelle, I was, like, blown away. Like, I was so thirsty. I had never had an opportunity like this. I stayed up in my studio. I probably gained six pounds because I just didn't sleep. And I just would eat junk food to stay up to work on this proposal. I gave these people, I wish I could say their name. It was a big television company. You don't have a, to. Full, a full proposal. And they said I didn't get the gig. Oh. I believe what they did was take that proposal and gave it some interns because I learned a valuable lesson. I gave them way too much information. Like, I just gave them all my notes and bolts. But whatever, they still can't do it like me. Never. But I lie to you not. Never, right? I lie to you not, though. The lesson, though, a month later, I got another call from a company, a nonprofit, and they were doing a five-city tour. Girl, I went in there, got the same proposal, took out five pages, you know, ten pages, and I got it to them, and I got that gift. So that always stays with me. Like, nothing is in vain nothing wastes time. Mm-hmm. I learned so much valuable lessons from that first reality show. I learned to give a great proposal, but keep your specifics to yourself. I learned to, um, you know, be ready. That I learned that I could do tours. I remember that was the first time I had done like a tour of my own, right? Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I had done it with Noah Lane, but now I was doing my own tour. So, you know, it, you learn. You are, you're learning along the way. Nothing is in vain. Yeah, definitely. Your failures are, you know, your lessons as well. So I had mentioned earlier that, you know, you're a big personality and I love all of it. And if you guys see her, you know (laughs) what I'm talking about. And within within all of this, you started a movement called Loud. 
Now, when people hear that, they were like, mm-hmm. what is that? Loud girl, you know, black girls are loud or whatever the case may be. You never know what connotation they may draw to that word, but it means something different right. to you. And I want you to talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, I'm big on definitions. And as I just shared earlier, I grew up talkative. I talk a lot. I was voted most talkative for a living. And um, people would say it in the negative, you know, she's louder. He's, loud. you know, they would say it in the negative. And we all know the uh, stereotypes that come with black women in America uh, that are false, but the angry uh, stereotypes, or even when we use our voice, and this happens to women as well, but I, I think it happens to black women more, that when you use your voice or speak up, that you are aggressive in some sense. And you and I both know this, Michelle, we have to use our voice and be clear for a living. We are telling people where to go on stage. We're telling them don't go on stage yet. We're telling journalists what to ask a client, what not to ask a client. I mean, right. uh, all of those things. So from that, I was like, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with being loud. I wouldn't have the opportunities I have if I didn't speak up. And this is not only just telling people what to do, but also I've asked really challenging questions. I've asked questions that's gotten me indoors, you know, um, like if I didn't have my voice, if I didn't use my voice to the fullest and be unafraid to use my voice and be fearless with my voice, I wouldn't even be where I was, uh, I am today or where I was when I started the movement. So that's what Loud Girl is. It celebrates, uh, it's really teaching voice confidence. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's celebrating that your voice is powerful. That's the Loud Girl movement. And specifically doing this for Black women and Black girls, because I think we've been told to shut up, that our voices are problematic. And I, I'm telling you, it's just the opposite. Your voice is a gift. It, it's the powerful thing in you. It's what is going to get you uh, to the next level. Yeah. Did you have um, any negative, um, you know, experiences growing up? Being oh, loud, God. Putting up quote fingers, being loud? Yes. Um, I, I, I love information. I love school. I love taking a class, taking a course. I enjoy college a lot. I was in high school and I remember uh, I love history, like adore history. And my teacher said, you don't deserve an A because you talk in class. Girl, when I tell you, <laughs> I went to the principal, I, I called this conference, my mama came in, I called my guidance counselor. Like, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I talk, I show up in class, I ask a ton of questions, but I do well. Why is my voice, why does my voice have anything to do with it? And that was from high school, um, middle school, I've had experiences. Um, yes, I was always, always told that my energy and my voice was just too much, but I'm very grateful. I had parents who just would not at all allow that to be my truth. They always celebrated my voice. Um, I was a part of a lot of arts organizations. Um, I was a speaker at church, uh, you know, at the family reunion, I was the one who would read the family <laughs> history, you know, like my mom was like, okay, you like to talk, you like to use this voice, let's do something with it. And I thank God for my parents because they really allowed me to define myself. And I don't know if I had different parents, if I would feel this confident about my voice. I I don't think I would. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, I I received a lot of stereotypes, even all the way up to like dating, you know. um, But yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I think it was a, you know, intimidating some men. But again, I'm grateful for the part I did choose. It doesn't bother him at all. And it shouldn't bother him. I mean, someone using their voice and asking questions and wanting to know more or being clear about what they want in life. It, it, I don't know why that would offend people. Um, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're grateful. People that, are, that know you are grateful for your voice because sometimes you might play the part of being the voice for the voiceless. 
And I think that's a mm-hmm. great thing for me because if you're speaking to young, you know, girls, young women, whatever stage of they are in their lives, they may need somebody like you to just like kickstart or get that started to know that they're not alone and that their voices mm-hmm. should be heard. So right, it's right. a movement. And, and, and that's what happens. Even if it's a young girl, they're going to become an older woman who does not use their voice too. So mm-hmm. it, it becomes a challenge. And, and I literally, because I do a lot, I do voice coaching. Um, and I have a client right now who works in corporate America. And she was almost like having panic attacks at the boardroom table. Wow. Uh, and we've gone over some real strategies on how to use her voice. And she is just, oh, she's flourishing. I mean, she's, she's killing it. But yeah, a lot of people, um, it, 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 it's a twofold. Like people feel bad about not using their voice. And then when you do use your voice, you're made to feel guilty about it. It's crazy. Yeah. So you got to define it and find the truth in that. And, and, and what's the truth for you in that? Yeah. You're also big on shouting out things to the rooftop. You call it, you know, brag, the brag bag. Yeah, and yeah. I am working on that. More <laughs> braggadocious, but in a, in a good way. But Again, yeah. you know, people say if a tree falls in Brooklyn and you're not there, did it fall? Did you hear? You know, so talk to me about right. your rag bag. And do you feel that, you know, right. when you're doing it, is it because there's a, it's very cluttered out there. It's very noisy out there. Is it oversaturated? Yeah. Because I get a lot of things. I'm like, I don't want to be the one saying the same thing, doing the same thing. Um, right. I also realize that, you know, the things that you do, somebody else may be doing it, but they're not going to be doing it like me. But me yeah. personally, I'm always in the fear of like, oh, okay, so-and-so just put this out. Here, I'm going to come. Yeah. Do almost the same thing. Are people going to be paying attention? So how do right. you feel about oversaturation while being, you know, bragging about what you got, what you do, so that you can, right. you know, get your voice heard? So the same book, I'm going to drop another book too that I read, uh, but the same book, The Magic of Thinking Big um, by David Schwartz, it's called The Brag uh, Bank. So I call it my brag bag, but it's the same thing as a brag bank. In theory, if we hear something bad about ourselves, so if someone says, you know what, Tisha, you can't write real good press releases anyway, it's going to take me, Michelle, 17 times to hear from someone else, yes, you can, Tisha, you can write good press releases. Yes, you can. I need 17 times to neutralize that bad thing about me. What do I mean by that? So when we hear things that are not what we want to hear about ourselves, and that's going to happen every single day in life, it chips away at who we are and our self-identity. But if we have our brag bag, so these are the times where you persevered, where you killed it, where you worked your butt off and you got that goal. Um, whatever it could be. I mean, it could be personal, like you lost 10 pounds or you ran a marathon or you saved some money or you got that hit for your client. You know, you got them in the times. Whatever it is, I believe we need to constantly share that stuff first with ourselves so we know that we can do the next thing. Because the only way that you're going to get more wins is by reviewing the wins you have. So I think, first of all, people need to read their own brag bank. So I tell my clients, Like you need a brag bank and you need to write it down and it needs to be on your wall. Because when you feel like you suck, when you feel like you can't go anymore, you have to remember that time that you ran the race. You have to remember that time that I'm just thinking about you one time, Michelle, we were doing a trip. Like you came from somewhere because you were doing media with a client. You worked with us for that week and then you left early to go to another one. I mean, that is what you mean. Talk about boss. Like that's boss. You know what I mean? So you have to remind yourself of those times where you persevered because we forget. 
we yeah. forget because the the one time outweighs the 17 times right you you'll say you'll tell yourself like oh i didn't do that you forgot about the other times when you did and it's going to take those 17 times to remind you to bring you back on top so we need to remind ourselves every single day how awesome we are the world is a beautiful place where there also is some negative energy out there and people maybe do it on purpose or even subconsciously they're just sending you vibes and telling you that you're not what you think you are so first i think people need to read their brad bank list every day themselves like i read some things about myself every day and my meditation my journaling or i remind myself i have stuff taped to the bathroom i'm like old school like because <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna give that to myself that's my number one right. then number two as far as giving it to and promoting my business uh i was just talking to a coach because i have a coach and we were talking about a colleague who works in the same industry we do. And she said, do you know she spends like 80% of her marketing and the other percent is doing? And that just really like stuck with me. Mm -hmm. How are we going to offer people our wonderful services? Michelle, you are an awesome practitioner of publicity, especially the beauty industry. You're a great event producer. How will people even know this if we don't tell them? Right. If we don't open our mouths, right, going back to loud, if we don't show them in um, what we do, and we, people look at social media like negative thing, but it's actually an opportunity. You can show people how awesome you are. You mm -hmm. can show them. And this is the deal. Let me tell you something. I don't care. It's a bunch of people who do what we do, Michelle. Uh, there's people who do exactly what I'm doing now with my new course, which we'll talk more about that. I could care less because they don't have the secret sauce I have. They're not me. And maybe someone else would go with them, but it doesn't matter. There's enough for everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I offer is valuable. Like these are the things, these are the beliefs. And I'm not just saying it like in a like, you're beautiful and you can do it. No, I mean, I really believe this. There is right. enough for everyone. I do it my way. I have great experiences and added value. I am worthy of this. I am a wonderful teacher of, the, the, um, of marketing and strategy. So you have to, brag bank that's my brag bank and i feel no type of way uh, i just did a sales course and telling people how to get out their 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 work and that's the part where everyone's nervous about oh i don't want to tell people how are you going to find your perfect customer if they don't even know you exist mm. how are you going to find your perfect customer if they don't know you exist get out of your way and tell the people about what it is and get this is the deal the people that don't like it they can hit unsubscribe unfollow and whatever <laughs> and the people that like it are gonna stick with it now, and i know it sounds like super basic but we have to remember this every single day because as you know entrepreneurs solopreneurs it's us and we don't have you know often the coaches to encourage us to do this we're mm -hmm. sitting in our offices alone you know everybody's talking about working from home but yeah we've been working we've been in the house you know exactly like, you know we know this world well, but over the years I've learned this, and I've only learned this by falling, literally. Um, you have to have your brag bank. You have to tell yourself what you did awesome and how you were victorious, and then share that with other people so they can work with you. Definitely. And you know this personally. I've had, you know, someone or people tell me certain things, and that really broke my spirit at one yep. point. And I was just Same. like, Girl, how you know? And you talked me off the ledge. I did. So you know, I, listen. But it was it was, a, it was a moment. It was a moment in time where I was literally like, I cannot believe that I I heard what I heard, and then now I'm taking this with me because it and it was some and it, it's a twofold because it's like okay maybe what if that is true? 
Right. Is that the way it should have been presented or maybe, you know, maybe that would have been a better way to say it or whatever, but it, it followed me for a while. It followed me in yeah. different stages of my life. But then that day when that was, you know, specific thing was told to me, I think right there I pivoted and I changed the structure where I was going to um, think about myself and think mm-hmm. about things. And I started doing the work on myself to get out of that mm. space. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. done some work. You know, I've done some work. Yes. You know, I believe in the work, Michelle. I believe you in the work. You have to, because that's yeah. something to stay with you. And I didn't want to become that person where I'm going to, you know, sit and wallow in that moment and not move forward because I know that I, I know that I am good at certain things. I know yep. what my passions are, but I had to believe it. I think that was my bad. Yeah. I believe yeah. it, right? Because yeah. I, I went back to that time when that teacher said, I went back to that time yep. when this person I thought was a mentor said, I went back to those moments and it just kind of broke me. But I was like, you know, no more of that. Let's, you know, let's rewind <laughs> and rework this because yep. it, it didn't make any sense to stay stuck there when I was watching everybody else. It was like, you know, you see a movie where they're just cars passing you by. You're in the middle of the street and cars are whizzing by. You're like, yep. you're not getting hit, but things are just flying by, flying by, flying by. You're like, wait yep. a minute. I got to stop this cycle. And it was definitely yeah. for me to do that. And what you're saying is just, you know, I'm starting to shout out now. I'm, you know, sending messages to the right people. Cause sometimes you do have to edit the people you send stuff to. Yeah. You know? Cause people are going to well, be. Well, right? it's funny you said that. It's funny you said that because when you were talking and you know, I know a particular experience you talk about because we're homegirls. Like I remember that, but it's twofold. First, and this book, I can't, I'm, I'm literally, y'all, I'm not getting money from this man, David Schwartz, but I love this book <laughs> I'm reading right now, The Magic of Thinking Big. He talks about that. So it's a twofold. First, you got to look at who is this message coming from. Mm-hmm. And that's honest. Like, I'm not one of those people like, I don't believe anything anybody tells me about me. No, I do. I have a tribe. I have a wonderful group of practitioners. You're in that circle, Michelle. I trust what those people say. Um, I, we had a friend, Michelle, uh, who we know very well, Ty, and she told me something about myself in business. And it really uh, inspired me. It really um, taught me a lot about myself. And so there's a two-part. You want to say, when someone tells you something, is this a trusted tribe member? When she told me that about me, I trusted that information because it came from her. Mm-hmm. And you want to ask yourself, when someone tells you something, is this a trusted tribe member? Because if it's not, then maybe you want to look at that in another way. And then the second part you want to do, if they are a trusted tribe member and you do hear what they're saying, because people around us are wonderful mirrors at telling us things about ourselves, you can say the most important question I think you can ask in this book that I love, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big, it talks about this. What am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about that? So um, it just really encourages you. And you can, like you said it yourself, Michelle, when you're seeing the cars move by, you said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to get off this highway and I'm going to start to do some work. I'm going to get out of this space and start to do some work, you know? Yeah, that's definitely key. And thank God we have people in our lives that, because I don't mind, the thing is, I don't mind hearing the truth. And it's not that you have to be, you know, all, you know, sugar-coated and everything like that, but it's just, mm-hmm. the delivery is always, you know, key. And then why are you telling me this, like you said, when are you telling me this? And do you have a solution for me? Just don't tell me, you know, your breath stink and then you don't be dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for the lessons and um, I'm definitely going to um, put this book, these, you know, those two books by this gentleman so that people can definitely read. 
And yeah, uh, and you know, oh, I just have another idea. I want to say this too, Michelle, because there's another great book, <laughs> Feel <laughs> Like an Artist, and it's by Austin, uh, I believe his name is Cleon or Clone. It's K-L-E-O-N. He talks about, and this is something that people can really do if they're here feeling like, oh, there's so many people out there that does do what I do. I even pitched a client lately because I pitch people on uh, social media and we'll talk about that in a second with my new business, my new digital marketing business. And she said, I don't want to put it out there because there's so much noise. It is a lot of noise Mm -hmm. and there's a ton of people doing it. And you even talk about this. Well, I don't want to do that because they already do it. It sounds cliche. Like all of these things sound like your third grade, like motivational favorite teacher, but it's the truth. Nobody can do what you do like you do. You know, Michelle, you are my friend. You are my sister friend. You're my homegirl. You're my close work friend. We both do similar things, but not the same. Uh, Same thing. We could talk about a bunch of other wonderful, great publicists and event planners and producers that we know. So it doesn't matter. So that keeps me encouraged every day, Michelle. I show up and I do my work and I put my work out there, even if other people do it because they don't do it like me. And this is the awesome thing too. Remember I was just telling you about the reality show or being fired or whatever uh, else, you know, bad uh, or crazy thing that happened to me that looked bad at the time, but it was actually a blessing. Those experiences helped me to show up in a different way for my publicity clients, mm-hmm. show up in a different way for my coaching clients, show up in a different way for my digital marketing clients, because no one has gone through that experience but me, right. you know? So it makes me better. That adds to how I deliver and what I offer. So that keeps me not looking at people on Instagram. You know, I mean, I see them. That's what's up. I'm learning from them. I take a note from them. But I'm focused because I know I do what I do, how I do it. And I'm, and when I say this, I'm not like rapping or being like, I'm a, you know, it's not bragging. I'm saying this stuff because this is really my belief. And we have to have an identity and be strong in what we offer and what makes us different because we have to believe it. Like you said, that belief, and then we can go out there and do it. Definitely. And I also think that our differences should be celebrated because that will allow yeah. us to collaborate versus compete. And I think that's another thing that happens sometimes within our, you know, I think it happens everywhere, but sometimes, you know, we're like, well, I don't want to tell her what I'm doing because she might take my client or, mm-hmm. you know, so that collaboration versus competition, there's enough for everyone, you know, there's no way you can take on a hundred clients. So if you take 50, I'll take the next 50, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? but there's enough for, uh, uh, for all of us. And I want pe- people to understand that we can definitely collaborate and not step on each other's toes because what you're going to bring to the table, we, we work together a lot. And I definitely know that I do things differently than you, but if it's for the greater good and it all comes out, you know, 100, mm-hmm. then what's the problem there? You know what I mean? Right. Right. And you know, it's funny you said that, Michelle. I just put up a post on my um, new business Instagram about scarcity versus abundance. Mm -hmm. And one of the qualities of scarcity is thinking that um, collaboration is a bad thing. And Mm -hmm. people that are abundant-minded thinkers know that collaboration comes opportunity. Mm -hmm. Uh, With collaboration comes business. Michelle, when you get a client, if you need to bring on a freelancer, that's more money for me. If you get, a, if I get a client, I need to bring on someone. That's you know because Michelle knows that she's always going to be my number one producer. <laughs> I have clients who ask for her, so that's that's a check in your pocket. Or not even let's look at everything. It's not about the check. Uh, look at the learning and the opportunity. We're gonna, if we're going out of the country uh, and doing another international uh, event or going to to uh, 
Florida or California to do a festival, we're learning. Even if I'm working for you, I'm learning. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's invaluable. So yeah, uh, we have to look at things abundantly. And as creatives and entrepreneurs, we have to know that there is enough to go around. There is enough for me. What I do is uh, special and it's my gift. Like you have to inhale these things and make them a part of your daily practice. Because you know what? It, it gets really tough sitting in those four walls alone. Or even if you have a partner, it gets tough. It gets tough. Definitely. So I want to go into another um, segment where I want you to finish these statements. So the first okay. one is, the best advice I ever received was? Be responsible for your own life. No one's coming to save you. You are, it's you. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, the next one is, I knew I was committed to my career choice, my career choice when? I was doing a conference and I was at, I used to have an office space. I still do, but I work, I have an office at my home as well, but I had another office space at the time and um, I printed out something. I had everything prepared to walk out the door. Uh, it was already 12 o'clock and, you know, I had to be on the floor at 6 a.m. And um, something went totally left with the name tags or the opening remarks or something, the script. And I had to sit there and do it all over again. So I probably slept for, this was pre-baby. I probably slept for three hours. And I've worked hard like that for other clients, but it was the first time, I mean, for other, for contracted work, but it was the first time where I did it for myself. Uh, And I said, you know what? Yeah, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I, I, it was just like it's not working I'm responsible so I guess I won't be sleeping tonight and yeah and the next one is something most people don't understand is something most and we're talking about work with this or you want me to just say anything anything you know what something most people don't understand is uh consistency you know, when folks are on Instagram, they're looking at someone blow up or they're looking at something that someone might have that they want. They don't understand the consistency and the work that it's taken that person. Mm-hmm. You have no idea, you know, and I think we all think it's easier for the other person, but we have no idea. I'm thinking of something that I just did recently and it was something I'm very, very, very proud of. And a family member said, oh, that looks nice. I'm sure that was like, and I just like, almost like went to the wall. I'm like, you have no idea how hard that was. Mm-hmm. So I think people, you know, it's, it's the duck working really hard. We don't see the feet in the water. You have no idea. And um, with your personal things, if you want it to be, if you want to succeed that big, you got to put in that big consistency and that big work. And okay. I think people just don't get that, especially now with this social media world that it, it, it takes work. It takes, it takes consistency. Definitely. People just think it's overnight. Yeah, no, nothing. So if you if you think it's overnight, it's like ten years that you don't even see. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, I won't let you go before we talk about what's next and what you're working mm-hmm. on. And I love, love, love. Hey, Thisha. Hey, Thisha. So talk to me uh, about that. Where did that? How was that born? And you know, talk about what you do with Hey, Thisha. Yeah. So. uh the Shabazz team, we still offer traditional public relations, um, marketing, and event production. Uh, I already was doing an online course, 
Um, and I, I was doing an online course with Loud, um, Loud Girl Movement, where I teach voice confidence. I still do. And a lot of people um, with COVID, I just started doing my research. So I, I started with saying, I love information. And even though COVID was daunting, I was like, okay, I'm a businesswoman. What's going on in these times? And I know that people were home and people had more time. So I started to offer uh, digital marketing. So I, you know this, Michelle, I have a, a, a event space in Harlem and we used to do classes out of that space. So I just took it online. Uh, hey, Tisha is literally your one to, uh, your one-stop shop if you want to learn about digital marketing and content. Um, and we also provide that for clients. So we have a five-week course right now where people literally learn how to learn the system of posting, emailing their marketing, uh, you know, emailing people on their list, getting products out to them. And uh, what I love and I'm really excited about with Hayfisha, literally, it's my new digital marketing company. It's only, I think, two months old right now. Mm -hmm. But it's like perfect timing with COVID. You know, everyone's discouraged. A lot of people are not working. And I mean, I'm telling people what is a digital product they can create with little to no overhead. A lot of them are little, I mean, to none. And they can create something right now and get on Instagram and start selling. Um, and this is, when I say digital products, I'm talking about eBooks, courses, live workshops, um, worksheets, templates. Uh, I, in, my, in my course, I walk people through how to create those digital products and in the marketing to go along with them. Nice. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. I might have to take a course or two. I keep telling you, you should take my marketing <laughs> and the content course. We're actually doing a webinar um, masterclass uh, and I'm going to go over what I teach in the class. I'm going to do that on next Thursday, uh, the 28th. If folks follow Hey Fisha, they can uh, get all the details about that, but it's going to be free. And I'm actually going to be taking, uh, giving advice out on the call for free so okay. like if people say yeah I have a page I have this I have that what do you think I should do I'm giving it out and I just want to say something too a little bit of my brag bank but really just a fact again talking about that pivot Michelle so we've offered marketing like these are marketing and strategies to get a client's message out there and to get to their message to their audience right public relations is to get the message to the media marketing is to get it to the audience we've done this already right mm -hmm. all I did was pivot right? Because I've been thinking about this digitally and now I've pivoted into a whole nother business. Do you see what I mean? Like, I think at times people would just stay away from that or I can't do it that way. No, you just pivot, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I luckily, uh, just as I'm a person that take a lot of courses, I've taken some courses about this myself. I did it last year before I even knew COVID or any of us knew COVID would happen, but just pivot, pivot from what you're already doing, creatives and entrepreneurs and just you know, go a different way because because it's inside of you. Definitely. And I think that people, education is the key. So you said you took a lot of courses. Yeah. You sort of prepped yourself prior to not knowing what was coming down a pipeline, but you're a person that loves information. So you seek out things that you're interested in. So I think education um, is definitely key definitely at these times read more um, ask mm -hmm. questions and don't be afraid to ask the questions to experts there are tons of experts especially now people are open and ready to give out information they want absolutely they want to talk they want to you know they want to give out information so definitely reach out and don't be scared to reach out absolutely michelle i i think that's a great point i mean my page alone i give out free information i have a free book that folks can download and i tell them five reasons 
you're not getting seen on Instagram. Like, there's tons of information out there. And there's tons of uh, classes, courses, expert coaches to work with. And I think that's a really important point, too. You know, Michelle, you and I used to laugh about this. We were like, we would work, we'd work a, a career conference, and we're like, when are we going to a conference? Right. But I think, you know, over the years, I've kind of pivoted and shifted. Uh, last year alone, I took two courses while I was home with my newborn. Uh, I took a course. Uh, I love reading books about leadership and business and, and, and how to excel. So yeah, this is now is the time. Start today. It's a, it's a wonderful place for this um, to start working on yourself. And information is free. It all depends what you do with it thereafter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That's so true. So any final words, any last suggestions or tips or tell us where we could find you? So everyone can find me on Hey Thesha, H-E-Y. My name is Thesha, T-H-Y-S-H-A. Hey Thesha, that's my new digital marketing page. Uh, they can also find us on Instagram at the Shabazz team, S-H-A-B as in boy, A zebra zebra, two Zs, um, and the Shabazz team.com online. Um, and my last tip, I think, would be, um, I kind of said this in other ways, but I guess I'll just give it to you in a bullet point. You know, when we think about being responsible for our life, it's a daunting um, way to look at life because it's like, wow, this really is on me. But it also is very liberating because then we know we have choice. Anything we want to change, we can change. Anything we want to uh, see differently, we can do. And I, I think at times people don't like to hear that because we know there's so many social things against uh, certain people and there's so many um, prejudices in this country. And I am for one who will never skate over that. That is so real. But I also know that I have a lot of power over myself as well. I do. I have power over what I eat. I have power over what I think. I have power over what I do in my day. I have power over what I consume. I have power over what I decide to believe about me and about others. So I would just tell people, you know, please take full responsibility for yourself. Uh, it is so important and it's so liberating and it's so freeing. And then lastly, you know what, Michelle, I literally, I, we, we kind of spoke about this, but you got to invest in yourself. You yes. really have to invest in yourself. Um, take a course, hire a coach. And I am saying that because I'm a coach, but I'm not saying it because I am a coach, but I am. Um, but <laughs> hire a coach, um, you know, take a course read a really awesome book because I think we just think when we go to college, like that's the end. And Michelle, you and I, we, I'm not going to say it, but we're both thinking about a course that we took that changed both of us, but you got to invest in yourself. Like we all live in New York. You and I live in New York. We spend a lot of money when it's not COVID or going out on mm -hmm. shoes, hair, toes, nails, but like nothing is as, as rich as information. And you can learn it forever. I took two courses last year. I have a personal coach or part of a membership organization right now where I get information uh, about the media industry. I'm always, you know, looking for that. And, and I know for a long time, I just, you know, be honest, I didn't do that. You know, there were years where I didn't do that. And then I just started to do it a little bit more in the last three years and it's changed my life. So invest in yourself. And the irony of it is, again, COVID, Michelle, this is a perfect time for it. You know, yeah. folks are home. You might have a little bit more time. Even if you're working from home, you have more hours than you would just your commute alone, right? Mm -hmm. That's two extra hours in your day. So invest in yourself because it, it, you're only going to get better. You're only going to get better. 
and you can't complain when you see other folks passing you by. Hello. You know, I wish I could have, would have, when you had the opportunity. Not even now. It doesn't have to be, like, I'm not telling anyone to go out and spend, like, you know, ton of time on one thing, but just, you know, take an hour a day, 20 minutes a day, just research something new, especially if there's an interest that you have. I've been doing that as well. And it's definitely opening up my mind to different things. And I'm definitely investing in myself. And, you know, 2019, I started doing that and it's been a continuous ride. So don't you see that when you do it, it really pays off. Like it really shows up. And you have to look at those small wins, right? So it's like, it may not seem grand to someone else, but you're like, no, I took two steps further towards whatever that is. And I'm going to celebrate that because that's two more steps to the bigger picture. Mhm. 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 Absolutely. On that note, Lisa, thank, thank you, you so Michelle. much. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate you, and I just want to shout you out. I really do, um, because I remember us being in a hotel room somewhere in the country, and you were like, "I'm going to start this blog. I'm going to start this uh, podcast. I'm going to do this," and you were like inching towards it, and then all of a sudden, you went full speed ahead. Like you had an email list, you had this, you had a show. And I just love that, like, I'm all about starting now, starting with what you got, starting with the resources you have, no excuses, and you've done that. And I really commend you with that. And I know sometimes we do that, and it's like, we don't need validation, but you're like, dang, I'm doing all this work, so I'm here to tell you. If you needed to hear it, good for you. Congratulations. Thanks, Disha. This was great. If you are a creative in the arts and culture space and you're ready to get started on gaining visibility for your brand, I highly recommend reaching out to her. She can be reached on Instagram at the Shabazz team or at HeyThesha. Again, thanks for tuning in and until next time. Bye.